Hello, brothers and sisters. We're going to start a brand new week of ministry. We want to speak on the subject of prophetic praying. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, let a fresh wind of your spirit blow upon me. Fill me, Lord, with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Cause revelation to spring forth out of my mouth. Cause your words, Lord Jesus, to be placed in my belly. And out of my mouth shall flow rivers of living waters, springing up into everlasting life. Let the glory, Lord Jesus, be released upon me and the hearers of these words. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah 54. And let's start at the 13th verse. It says, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. Now, suppose that your children, and we could be a child, like I still, my mom is still living. So suppose I was acting a fool. My mom could, could go to the Lord off the basis of this scripture, right? And she could say, Lord, you said that all of my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. So let's suppose I'm acting like I'm not taught of the Lord. I'm acting like the devil. And then I got turmoil in my home, turmoil on my jaw. My mother could prophetically pray this prayer over me and change my situation. She would do it this way. She would say, Father, I love you, and I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to pray. You said, Father, that whatever I pray to Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, you would do it. You said, Father, in the book of Job 22 and 28, that I shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. I decree over my son, Derek King, that he is taught of the Lord, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is fallen upon Derek, that his life is being transformed, his life is being changed, that he is taught of you and not of the world. I break and I lose him from that world system, from that demonic way of thinking in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I decree peace over him, peace in his marriage, peace upon his jaw. For it is written in Isaiah 54 and 13 that all of my children are taught of the Lord and great is the peace of my children. Well, my mom could pray that over me. Well, already I take this scripture every day and pray it over my children. Now, I have children that's grown, and I, I pray that in my own prayer closet over them that's grown. But I also pray it in the presence of my little ones. We say, we say the Lord's Prayer every night. And after we say the Lord's Prayer, I might have them say some confessions. And then I start praying this over them. I, You know, I got it in my own words. I say, Lord, I thank you that all of my children are taught of the Lord and great is their peace. Well, there's more to this. Let's go to verse 14. It says, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. I remember, you know, every now and again, your children, especially if they're in the public school, you know, you might not have as much of a problem in the private. You still run across it now. 
but it might not be as bad. But you know, every now and again, I hope I hope none of you children are not the bully, but your child might run across somebody who are trying to oppress them at school, criticize them, or whatever. You know how kids do. They don't like your name. Oh, that's a funny name. Oh, you got a funny hair. You know how children do sometimes. We've been children. You know, you have to teach your children to walk in love. You have to teach them these things. They don't know it unless they're taught. And they learn some of that stuff from their parents. They hear their parents criticize the pastor. After they leave church, they go home to parents talking about the pastor, talking about what Susie May had on or whatever, talking about everybody. That's how the kids learn. So you, if your kids are being oppressed at school, well, see, that's illegal according to the scripture because the prophet Isaiah speaking about the Holy Ghost. See the, see, the spirit of God was in the prophets of old, and they moved on holy men. They was moved by the Holy Ghost. Jesus was in them. So the prophet Isaiah saying this is illegal. See, it's supposed to be in righteousness that you pose, that they supposed to be established, you supposed to be established, and that your children supposed to be far from oppression. They don't supposed to be under the spirit of oppression. So your prophetic prayer, you say, I come against the spirit of oppression. And I command this certain kid that's trying to talk about a bully, my kid, I command that spirit to be muzzled, to be bound in the name of Jesus Christ and to stop operating against my child. I drive it out of that classroom. I drive it out of that teacher. I drive it out of that boy, that girl. I drive it out of that principal, whoever it is, trying to oppress your child. They're supposed to be far from oppression. They say, well, thou shalt not fear. They don't supposed to be scared of what's going on. They don't supposed to be scared of sleeping in the dark. So you have to, it said, that for thou shalt not fear. So if they're fearing, that's the opposite of what they're supposed to have. So you begin to release your prophetic prayers. I command the spirit of fear to lead. My child shall not be in fear. They are far from fear. They are far from oppression. This shall not prevail against my children. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare peace. I command peace. I command shalom. I command these demonic powers of fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I drive it out in the name of the Lord Jesus. I drive out the spirit of oppression in the name of the Lord Jesus. You supposed to be far from oppression. You should, should, suppose you shall not fear. And from terror. Don't supposed to be terrorism. I, you know, I know it don't say terrorism. It's the same root word. No. Spirit of terrorism, Lord, them that are sent from foreign lands and terrorize domestic terrorists. Reveal it, Father. Reveal it, Lord. Get, make, cause them to make a mistake, Lord. Reveal it to the FBI. Reveal it to the police department. Reveal the spirit of terrorism that's trying to operate in my region in the name of the Lord Jesus. Reveal every, every son, every daughter that's being oppressed so we can heal them, Father, so that they will not become a terrorist, Father. I decree that there will be no terrorism at any school in our, in our city, in my city. There will be no terrorism events in the courthouses, in the schools. Lord Jesus, we bind. Well, I take authority and I bind the spirit of terrorism in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, you almost misprayed. Jesus is not going to bind it. You have to bind it in the name of Jesus. He's giving you the authority to tread on serpents, to tread on scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you are far from oppression. Your children are far from oppression. For they shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near them. 
or near you. So you take the word of the Lord and you prophetically decree the way the thing's supposed to be. If you're under assault in your finances, see, Jesus became poor that you through his poverty become rich. So you are to prophetically pray for your finances. See, the prophetic part of it, the reason I call it prophetic praying is you are foretelling. It's a spirit of prediction. You are beginning to use your words to predict a different outcome than what is going on now. You're using your word to decree the outcome. You're using your word to force the outcome. You're using your word to arrange the outcome. You're praying prophetically. You're saying that Jesus became poor, that I through his poverty might become rich. I decree that money comes to me, that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for me because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you begin to pray prophetically. You begin to call those things to be not as though they were. That's the way Abraham did it. Abraham prayed prophetically. See, it said if one prophesied, let him prophesy according to the proportion of faith. It's a strong tie between the prophetic anointing and the spirit of faith. Now, I've had the spirit of faith for a long time. But, but see, I began to try to tap into the prophetic anointing by using the spirit of faith. They're kind of interchangeable somewhat. So you begin to pray the word of God and to speak prophetically to cause your situation that's going on now to begin to change. Or if you're in a good situation, you still pray prophetically to cause your situation to, to maintain the status quo. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Glad to be with you once again. We're talking about prophetic praying. Father, let us be knit together in the spirit of love. I pray prophetically that the love of God is being released upon everyone that is hearing my voice. I tear down in the name of the Lord Jesus every demonic altar of hatred, every demonic altar of offense, every demonic altar of unforgiveness, every demonic altar of confusion, every demonic altar of strife. I tear it down. I grind it to powder. Let the stone fall upon these demonic powers. I command you to come down, and I release the spirit of love. For love does not consider a suffer, does not consider suffer the wrong. Love is the fulfilling of the law. Love working no ill to its neighbor. And I decree that the spirit of love, the revelation of the love of God, the revelation of it, Father, to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge. I release it upon every person that is hearing my voice in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive it by faith. Say this, say, I am a love child of a love God. Say it again, say, I am a love child of a love God. Say this, say, I refuse to walk in hatred. Say it again, some of you not saying it. Say, I refuse to walk in hatred. Say, I refuse to walk in unforgiveness. Say, I refuse to walk in strife. Say, I refuse to walk in slander and gossip. Say, I refuse to receive accusations against my brothers and sisters. Don't walk in that spirit, brothers and sisters. Say, I refuse it. Reject the spirit of hatred. Reject the spirit of unforgiveness. Reject the spirit of strife and discord. Reject that spirit. It's a spirit. 
Reject it. Reject it. Don't get comfortable in that spirit. Reject that spirit. Come out of them in the name of the Lord Jesus, spirit of hatred, strife, and discord. I charge you to come out in the name of the Lord Jesus. I drive you out. Spirits of hatred, spirits of strife, spirits of accusation, I drive you out. I drive you out in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I cast out devils. Come out of them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Matthew 18 and at verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Well, I was teaching, this, me and my aunt was talking, one of my aunts, and I was teaching her the precept of spiritual warfare. It was about a year or two ago. And she had a rental house on a certain street. And I told her, I said, uh, we gonna, I'm a, when I was teaching her to, to it, I, I like to make things practical. In other words, I like to put it to practice. I wanted to show her that I wasn't just whistling Dixie. So I told her, I said, think of something you want to happen. And I said, I'm going to agree with you in prayer. We're going we're gonna to win. We're going to drive this thing. We're going to change it. Well, she had a rental house on a certain street, and they, they had a, it was a lot of drug activity over there. So I said, what we're going to do is, we're going to take authority over the spirit of drug selling, drug addiction, lottering, and all that. And we're going to bind that spirit on a daily basis and cast it out. And we're going to loose over their peace, shalom, or whatever, whatever you want to loose. So I teamed up with her. And she called me about six months later. Maybe it might have been six months to a year later. That whole situation changed. Those folks was gone. And it was peace over there. All that thing changed. I tell you, you have the authority to bind the devil, to bind demonic powers. You have the authority to cast out the devil. What you do is you begin to pray prophetically. You begin to bind and loose. You begin to call those things that be not as though they were. You don't begin to let the devil set up camp in your home, set up camp in your neighborhood, set up camp in your city, set up camp in your state, set up camp in your country. Why do you think the Lord says supplication and prayer are supposed to be made for leaders? When I do my radio broadcast, I bless the mayor of the city. I bless the city council. I invite the Holy Spirit into the city. And I asked the Lord to move upon them to bring peace in their ranks so that we can have good government. But, you know, I need people to other people to do it. We, we Like, you need a, a multitude, a group of people. You knew that, you know, it used to be a group of prophets that ran together. So it needed to be a group of us praying prophetically. Once I read this book called Saints at War by Frank Hammond. And, uh, 
he wrote another book called Pigs in the Parlor, where he t- teach on the methods of casting out demons out of out of individuals. But in the Saints at War, he focused on driving principalities out of regions. <clears throat> what he would do is, when he go to, to minister in a different region, wherever he go to minister, he was going all over the world. He asked the Holy Spirit, what's the strong man in that particular region? And I remember one time he said he ran a meeting in Canada. And the Lord told him the strong man was wilderness. And the church had about 15 members. And he stayed up there a little while with them, teaching them how to how to get organized, teaching them how to conduct spiritual warfare. And they'll come against the spirit of, of wilderness. They'll bind the spirit of wilderness. And they will begin to take authority over that spirit. And all the supporting demons that's related to that, whatever coming to that spirit, you're going to need words of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. If he give you a word, it ain't going to never hurt. Say, well, I wonder if that God. Now, if he give you a, a name of a demon, just bind it. He's giving you that so you can bind the devil. You bind, you say, I bind this spirit. I command you to stop operating in this region. See, he, you are an ambassador of Christ. He cannot do anything unless you actually open your mouth and call for the action. You have to open your mouth and call call for that action. And so he in the in the in the uh in the book, after they had practiced spiritual warfare in this region for, for several weeks or whatever, they said a year later, the church grew from like fifteen members to like a hundred. And it was already spaced out anyway. But people were driving two hours to go to this particular church. Why? Because the principalities that were stopping the church growth had been bound. Well, he went over uh, overseas. I, I don't know if it was Sweden or Germany, one of them places. And the strong man was indifferent, indifference. Well, they'll listen to the word and they'll say amen, but they had an attitude of indifference. It didn't bother them. It was what they didn't have to make a decision to be saved or not saved. They just listened to it like, oh, that was great. Case hurrah, hurrah. Whatever will be, will be of the spirit of indifference. Where they, where they hear you, they ain't mad at you, but they won't make a decision. Well, you have to find out what type of things are operating. If you come in a neighborhood and there's a lot of murders in this particular neighborhood, very obvious that it's a spirit of murder and hatred and strife over there and the envy. Because the envy, you know, they killed Jesus for envy. Whenever you got envy, you're going to have a spirit of murder. If you're jealous of somebody, they'll kill you. Jealous person will kill you. So envy and murder go together. People that are murderers, they're, they're envious people. They have that spirit. Anybody who's a murderer, they have a spirit of, of jealousy and envy because that works with it. They're cousins. So if you're going to bind the spirit of murder, you got to bind the spirit of envy. So I'm trying to show you when, when, when you start praying prophetically, what you're doing is you're trying to, you're not trying, you're going to do it. You're going to use the word of God and the principles of the word to change your region, to change your home, to change yourself, to change your children, to change circumstances by taking the word of God, praying prophetically, commanding the evil spirits to leave and commanding the good spirits to come, the good anointing, the, the positive anointing, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This type of stuff has been done overseas. I got a, I'm on a Christian app called Reignation. A guy from Pakistan, he want me to minister in Pakistan. Well, I ministered, then he translated. He said to be on a city where there's about 100,000 people. Well, brothers and sisters, I got a lot to say, but somebody had to bind that first. 
and I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hi, brothers and sisters, on this Wednesday morning, Brother Derek at the microphone. We're talking about prophetic praying. Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless the hearers of this word. I decree shalom, peace, peace, soul peace upon you, peace in your mind, peace in your body. There will be no sickness or pain in your body. Right now, I command healing, shalom, peace, peace. The chastisement of your peace is upon Jesus, and by his stripes you're healed. And I bless you. I bless you, and I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon you. Amen. Job 22, and at verse 23, it says, If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. <clears throat> then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and the gold as ophir as the stones of the brooks. Yea, thou almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the almighty and shalt lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. He shall deliver the island of the innocent, and it is delivered by the pureness of thine hands. Now I want to hone in on verse 28, Job 22 and 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. God has made you an ambassador of Jesus Christ. When you got born again, by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you got saved. An ambassador means a person from another country represent, represent uh, in, in another country representing another country. By you being an ambassador of Christ, you're from heaven. You represent God in the earth realm. Your honor is you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. Glory. Let there be light. Let there be healing. Let there be deliverance. Let there be blessings. Let there be prosperity. Let them that hear my voice be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let them that hear my voice be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let them that hear my voice be baptized with the spirit of grace and love. May the love of God overtake you. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. You have to use your decrees to establish what you want. 
one one time, you know, years ago, I got I got a couple of old vehicles. They like, like from the nineties or whatever. But for years, I always declare that these vehicles run forever. Now, I'm not tell, telling nobody to do like me. Now, God don't mind you having something new. He probably wants you to have something new, to be honest with you. He probably wants you to be shiny. He wants you to be blessed. But I'm saying this to make a point. I decree over my vehicles that they run forever. I remember when my, my needle stopped working one time on my Chevrolet. I, I didn't know the needle wasn't working. And I ain't had the money to get it fixed. The gas needle wasn't working, so I thought the thing was just cutting off right every now and again. Well, one time it cut off. I was stranded. I prayed. I prayed for about 20, 30 minutes. Lord, let it crank up. Let it crank up. I finally cranked up. I drove home. Well, I found out later the gas needle wasn't working. And I, I said, wait a minute. The Lord let me drive home on no gas. What I'm saying is, because I was ignorant of it being out of gas, God allowed my faith to to let me drive that truck here and out again with no gas. But it was cutting off because the gas needle wasn't working. I, I thought it was working because it would go the halfway and stop. And when I finally figured out that it was defective, that's when I realized that's why I was stopping. Well, to make a long story short, your decrees affects the spirit of wherever you are. You have a divine effect on the atmosphere in your home, on the atmosphere of your jaw, by what you say out of your mouth, by what you decree out of your mouth. You shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. You have the ability to proclaim, to herald the word of God. That is your assignment. You are an ambassador of Christ. The word is nadi, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith, which we preach. Let's go to Romans, the 10th chapter. And let's start at the fifth verse. It says, for Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speak it. What does the righteousness of faith do? It speaks on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. See, you are an ambassador of Christ. Don't say, see, the word is telling you, don't start saying, man, we, we got to go get Jesus and bring him down. Mm-mm. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. Christ is not dead anymore. So you don't have to go down either to bring him up from the dead. God is not dead. But what said it? The word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. I preach the word of faith. That's what I preach, the word of faith. So the word of faith is released by your saying. I was around some people, man, they, they you know, they were um, ministering and stuff, the word, and now they got to ministering, this group of people, ministering the word and shooting the breeze over the word. They start proclaiming how great Satan had done. But they, now they didn't do it on purpose. I want to reveal something to you. They were saying, well, the, the, the little thing, the virus ain't no joke. 
Yeah, when I go here, I make sure I got this on and I got that on. I see people with it not on. They gave great reverence to Satan's ability to make you sick, Satan's ability to kill you. Now, I'm not denying that all that has happened. And, and you know, and I, a lot of people do this and they do it unknowingly. So I'm not saying it to injure nobody. I'm not saying it to be judgmental. I'm not saying it that I don't understand. What I'm saying is by Christians being prophetic people, they're, they unknowingly, out of ignorance, when they say these types of things, they actually fuel the death rate unknowingly they give power to the enemy by speaking of him uh, and his great ability to kill and to steal and to destroy by saying he ain't no joke well god ain't no joke neither god is still with him. he hadn't died so when i read that it made me think about that it said well you can't bring god up from the dead because he's not dead anymore well when you begin the decree Let's suppose all the Christians, instead of the Christians saying it ain't no joke, make sure you mask up, make sure you take your, your shot, make sure you, what if all the Christians say, nah, that's enough of that, we command that thing to die? What if all of us was in unison? Do you know we are divided a lot on things? You got half of the Christians that hadn't been really taught in the word saying things contrary to faith, and they're doing it unknowingly. Do you know we need more teachers now to teach the faith message? Because we didn't really got away with dynamic principles that we could use to really advance the kingdom. So you shall decree righteousness, decree good things, decree faith. Don't take all that unbelief out of your mouth, brothers and sisters. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello once again, brothers and sisters. Brother Derek at the microphone. We're talking about prophetic praying. Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for this prophetic word that you gave me for today. Lord, I release upon the hearers of my words the spirit of multiplication. I decree even this day, if they do according to this specific word that you've given me, that their finances will multiply in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the spirit of multiplication, Lord, let, let your approval, Lord, be upon this message, for I speak this message, Father, as an ambassador of Christ, as a representative of the kingdom of heaven. I speak this in your name, Father, and I ask that you send the angels from heaven to cause this word and the instructions that I'm about to release as an ambassador to come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, before I get into this word, the Lord gave me a specific word. He wants some of you today to sow an offering. Not it don't have to be. I'm not 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 to me. It don't have to be to me. But give to somebody. Some might be able to give three dollars to somebody. Somebody might be able to give seven dollars to somebody, and somebody might be able to give twenty-one dollars to somebody. Now, if those numbers seem too small for you. Give whatever is impressed upon your heart by the Holy Spirit. It could be to a person. It could be to a ministry. It could, however you want to sow it, I want you to sow it. But when you sow it, you say, I decree that this is a seed 
and the spirit of multiplication is upon me. This is coming back to me. And watch what happened. Mark 6. And at verse 37, he said, and he answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, shall we go and buy 200 pennyworth of bread and give them to eat? He said unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fishes divided he among them all. Now, I want you to listen closely. They had to put something in Jesus' hand first. You giving that $3, or $7, $21, or whatever amount God put on your heart, it is like you putting it in Jesus' hand first. Now, watch this. When Jesus got it in his hand, see, he looked up to heaven and blessed. Now, after you sow that seed, I want you to look up to heaven in your spirit and bless that seed. Say, Lord, I give this, Father, I give this seed in the name of the Lord Jesus, and it is blessed. Say those words and break the loaves, and gave them to the disciples that set before them, and the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves <clears throat> were about 5,000 men. Now, God is a God of multiplication. God is a God of acceleration. God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, he went to a wedding. And when they was out of wine, he touched the water and accelerated the aging process. People into that kind of thing, they know like stuff like cognac and wine and stuff like that. It has to be aged for years before it turns into wine. What Jesus did was accelerated the process. He accelerated the development of, of, of the water being turned into wine. He, he is a God of acceleration. He lives outside of time. And what I'm declaring over you, brothers and sisters, is that the spirit of multiplication is coming upon your money. The spirit of multiplication is upon your bank account. I decree over your bank account, I pray prophetically. I pray prophetically, glory, that if you look at how much is in your bank account today, after you sow this seed, whatever seed, it don't have to be $3, $7, or 21 It could be 300 It could be 1000 It could be 10000 Whatever the Lord tells you to do. See, $3 to Bill Gates is nothing. 
he would have to sow a billion, see. You understand where I'm coming from? You have to do whatever the Lord give to somebody, somebody in need, a ministry, however you're led by the Holy Spirit to do it. When you do it, they'll know it. Say, I decree over this the spirit of multiplication. Say, I'm acting on that, on that word, Father, that Brother Derek gave me. I remember this lady one time. They kept knocking down a mailbox. The Lord gave me a specific word for this lady. I got witness. I was on the earpiece talking to Brother Tarvis. The Lord gave me a specific word for this lady. The Lord showed me that her ex-boyfriend, she had she had bust his windows out of his car. So in turn, every time she put her mailbox up, somebody knocked down her mailbox. So she was basically reaping what she was sowing. So they didn't, she wouldn't put up a mailbox, and so I had to send a mail back. So so when she caught me out there, she said, well, I said, you got to put up a box. She said, well, they keep knocking it down. And uh, I said, hey, I said, what this is about you busting your your boyfriend windows out of your car? She, oh, I buck. she said, oh, my God. I said, that's why they knocking down your mailbox. I said, the Lord say, if you'll go apologize to him, so forth and so on, you put the mailbox up, it'll never be knocked down again. It was about eight years ago. It's, it's up today. It's still up today. Specific word. Her being obedient, apologize to him, put the thing back up, it's still up. Now, that's something simple, but what I'm saying is God is a God that moves by a person's obedience. Jesus told them to find out what they had. He had to have something. You got to put something in his hand for him to multiply. You're not giving to get nothing, but you're putting something in his hand and letting him do something with it. Second Corinthians 8 chapter, and at verse 9, it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Jesus desires for you to prosper and to be in health even as your soul prospers. He told the disciples another place, that they were going to receive a hundredfold in this life and the life to come. Genesis 26, it said Isaac sowed in the ground, and that same year reaped a hundredfold blessing. So this is a, it's a principle of sowing and reaping. Now, if a person do this specific thing today, God is going to prove his word to show you that it's a principle. But after you do this, you need to become a sower. You need to, when you get paid, you need to sow money. But he's going to do a special thing off of that little money because he want to show you he's trying to bless you, not take from you. You want to put it in his hands and let him multiply. He can multiply more, way more than that. you can ever multiply your money. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 9 and that verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. It's plain and simple. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. That's how it go. God, listen, every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You got to do it cheerfully. You got to be, oh, my God, I get to give. Verse 10, now that he did minister seed to the soil, both minister bread for your food, listen, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, 
You can pray this scripture after you sow because we're talking about prophetic praying. I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Welcome on this Friday. It's Brother Derek at the microphone. We're talking about prophetic praying. Father, I pray this scripture out of Isaiah 58 and at verse 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the paths to dwell in. I say to you today, I decree this prophetically over you today. Everyone that hears my voice, this is your word. Your children, they that shall be of thee, your children, and you, you're going to raise up the foundations of many generations. You're laying a foundation by your prophetic prayers, by your prophetic decree. You're laying a foundation. God has chosen you to lay a foundation. See, Paul laid a foundation, but others build. He said, be careful. Well, Jesus built the foundation, and Paul, you know, you get my drift. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. But anyway, make a long story short. God has chosen people to be like foundation layers, like apostles. They lay the foundation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so you're going to raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restore of the paths of dwelling. I decree this word over you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to repair the breaches in your family. You're going to restore the paths to dwell in by praying prophetically. Now, let's go to Psalms 149. Let's read that whole psalm. That whole psalm, it says, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. One judgment is written. I suffer not a wish to live. I break all powers of witchcraft that's being operated against myself, my family, anybody who's listening to my voice. Let judgments written be, be executed against every witch and every warlock that's operating against God's people. I return their curses upon their own heads now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, in the Old Testament, they literally bound the kings in chains. They came and put their foot one place. They bound the kings. Joshua told the elder, come put their foot on their neck. So, so the Old Testament was literal. They literally killed the blood of sheep, the blood of goats, sprinkled a covenant and all that with the blood. In the new covenant, we do it by voice activation. 
We say the blood of Jesus Christ. The power of death and life is in the tongue. In Jericho, they walked around the city, and then on the seventh day, after they didn't encompass the city seven days straight, they praised the Lord. They shouted with their voices, and the walls fell down because praise is warfare. Your mouth is used for warfare. See, Psalms 149 and that verse 6, it said, let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Now, under the new covenant, the two-edged sword is not in your hand. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. So when you declare the word of the Lord, you're releasing the sword, right? I have to show you if I have time. I might not have time. I'll show you in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. But the word of the Lord is the sword. See, so the word is quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the heart and the thoughts. So your word, the word of the Lord in your mouth is your sword. The shield of faith could be like Psalms 91. Reading that and quoting that out loud, no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. That's how you put the shield of faith up. You see what I'm saying? Everything in there is a way to put it up. The helmet of salvation, you quote scriptures on salvation, where you say, Jesus bore my sins in his body on the tree. That means you're saved. That means being dead to sin, because Jesus died for sin, shall live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. That's that's how you, you put up, you know, um, the, or the, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. There's another scripture on righteousness where it says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians 2 and um, 5 and say in 21, 2, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, it says something like this. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the breastplate of righteousness. So you do the things in the New Testament by word activation. In the Old Testament, they did it literally. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Now the two-edged sword is in your mouth. Now in verse 7, Psalms 149, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Now under the new covenant, we're not necessarily trying to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments on the, on the people. What we're doing under the new covenant According to Ephesians 6, we're wrestling against demons. So we're not wrestling against people no more. See, when Joshua and different ones, they, they stormed in, uh, into Jordan, they came over there on, stormed the beachhead, combat ready, shock troops, swords, literal swords, shields, literal shields, combat ready, hook and jab, cut and stab, gung-ho, gung-ho, gung-ho. Me being a Marine Corps veteran, you know, I'm talking a little thing got my tribe right now. But what I'm saying is they would come back ready. They were down for whatever. They was bout it, bout it. They were ready to fight. Anyway, under the new covenant, we're not ready to fight people. We're not ready to slam the people. We're not ready to criticize. We fight the demons that are operating in that people, see, to bind their kings with chains. Verse 8, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron. How do you do that? You take authority over the principality that's operating against them people. Let me let me give you an example. Let's say my my neighborhood. I would pray like this. There would be no drug selling or drug addiction in park forests. 
Alpine Hills, Hillsdale Heights, Greenway, the Middle Ring Eighty Road area, Mobile Terrace, South Alabama area. I take authority over all spheres of drug selling, drug addiction, strife, and discord. I bind it, drive it out of this region. I claim this region for the kingdom of heaven. Let the spirit of God come upon this region. Let the angels of the Lord come upon this region. I decree that revival is happening, is awakening upon every household in this region. I decree that the glory is being poured out in this region. I decree a dynamic shift in this region. I decree supernatural prosperity. I decree condos going up on South Alabama. I decree that pools are being dug. I decree righteousness and jobs creation. I've been praying like that for a while. You see they widened the road. You see they built the football stadium. You see they they, they built up South Alabama. You, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They gonna, it's going to be righteousness in, in Mobile Terrace. It's going to be righteousness in Hillsdale. Look, you begin to pray prophetically. It's a shift. It's a shift. It's a shift. High-income wage earners are being Mobile Terrace, are being Hillsdale. I decree a dynamic shift. I am a repairer of the breach. See, it's been a breach, but you got to have new people to lay new foundations. My mama declared over Trinity Garden. She the queen of Trinity Garden. It used to be drug infected. It used to be a lot of murders over there. And my mom started calling it the Holy Land. I didn't know what she was doing. And my God, it changed. It might not be perfect over there now, but it sure ain't like it used to be. It used to be big ditches on the street. And all that got cleaned up. They got drainage system and everything. What I'm saying is somebody have to lay the foundation, and then it got to be somebody to pick up the vision. You see what I'm saying? Somebody has to lay a foundation. Somebody got to be started off. It might take one person to start off in spiritual warfare, and then it'll spread as a wildfire, and it'll be a company of prophets, prophetic praying, making a difference in your city, your state, and over the whole country. Be blessed. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great day.